الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه كما يحب ربنا ويرضى أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله الناصح الأمين اللهم صل على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تمسك بسنته إلى يوم الدين ثم أما بعد حدثني جماعة من الشيوخ بإسناد كل إلى سفيان بن عيينة عن عمرو بن دينار عن أبي قابوس مولى عبد الله بن عمر عن عبد الله بن عمر بن عاص رضي الله تعالى عنهما أنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الراحمون يرحمهم الرحمن يرحموا من في الأرض يرحمكم من في السماء on the authority of on the authority of Abdullah bin Amr bin Aus radiyallahu ta'ala anhuma he said that the messenger the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he said that those who show mercy they will be shown mercy by the most merciful show mercy to those who are in the earth be merciful to those who are in the earth and the one who is above the heavens will show you mercy وقال العلماء ذلك بأن العلم رحمة نتيجته رحمة في الدنيا وغايته رحمة في الآخرة The علماء they say that is because knowledge is mercy the result of knowledge in this world is mercy and the ultimate goal of knowledge in the hereafter then it is mercy We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to increase us all in knowledge ربنا زدنا علما we continue going over the hanith on the authority of Abu Hurairah radiyallahu ta'ala anhu where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he said ma nahaytukum anhu fashtanibu whatever I prevent you from prohibit you from then stay away from it wa ma amartukum bihi fattu minhu mastata'atum and whatever I uh, command you with, then do from it what you are able to do. Fulfill it to the best of your ability. فَإِنَّمَا أَهْلَكَ مَنْ كَانَ قَبْلَكُمْ كَثْرَةُ سُؤَالِهِمْ وَاخْتِلَافِهِمْ عَلَىٰ أَنْبِيَائِهِمْ حَدِيثٌ مُتَفِقٌ عَلَيْهِ Because they rarely that which destroyed those who came before you, then it was their excessive questioning and differing with their prophets and this hadith has been collected by al-bukhari and muslim in the last sitting we went over the meanings that are contained inside of this hadith and uh, shaykh abdul muhsin he mentioned a number of points that we should have in our notes inshallah ta'ala and I encourage those who do not have a pen and paper at this point to grab a pen and paper or a writing instrument so that you may take notes, inshallah ta'ala. The Shaykh, he now goes on after mentioning those points to mention the statement of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam so we better understand what is intended by the excessive asking of questions. The statement of the Prophet 
فَإِنَّمَا أَهْلَكَ مَنْ كَانُوا قَابِلَكُمْ كَثْرَةُ سُؤَالِهِمْ وَاخْتِلَافِهِمْ عَلَىٰ أَنْبِيَائِهِمْ That verily what destroyed, undoubtedly that which had destroyed those who had come before you, that it was due to their excessive questioning and differing with their prophets. Due to their excessive questioning and differing with their prophets. As Sheikh Abdul Muhsin, he mentions so that it is not understood or misunderstood, yani, what is intended by asking questions. Uh, the Shaykh he mentions, he says, That that which is prohibited in this hadith, meaning from asking questions, That that which is prohibited, it is the asking of questions or the excessive asking of questions in the time of the Prophet that which will result in something being haram upon the people meaning that a person asked a question and due to asking that question the answer comes stating that such and such is haram Naam, that such and such is haram this is what is intended that things being made haram due to an individual's question. Naam. Or that which will result, a question is asked, and then the answer is given, and it will result in something being extremely difficult upon the people of which they won't have the ability to do it now uh, for example like the question that was asked here in this situation like having to make hajj every single year this would be very difficult upon the masses of the muslims now so this is an example of a question being asked and due to that question then the answer comes and now it's a situation that is difficult for the Muslims to to do. Naam. As the Prophet Sallallahu he said to that questioner who asked that question, Should we do we have to make Hajj every year? The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he said, uh, If I said yes, then you would have to have do it. If I said yes, then it would be wajib to make Hajj every year. And of course that would be something very difficult on the on the masses of the Muslims, yani to make Hajj every year. على كل حال فالمنهي عنه بعد زمنه Now that was was related to that which was prohibited with regards to the excessive asking of questions during his time sallallahu alayhi wa sallam So in the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that which was intended from the excessive asking of questions it is this that a person asks a question and due to that question being asked something now is haram or due to that question being asked, something now now is difficult on the people. So this is what they were warned from in his time, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Now, how was this apply after the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam? The Shaykh he mentions, and that which is prohibited from excessive asking of questions after the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, ma kana fihi 
that which has in it a great difficulty. Naam, that which has in it a great difficulty. وَتَنَطْعُنْ وَاشْتِغَالٌ بِهِ عَمَّا هُوَ أَهَمُّ مِنْهُ It is asking a question, or the excessive asking of questions of that, which it becomes now cumbersome. It becomes cumbersome, it becomes difficult, and thus situations where one will preoccupy themselves with the likes of these questions, um, they will preoccupy themselves with the likes of these questions away from those things in which are more important than it. In other words, they will preoccupy themselves with the likes of these issues, these affairs, and thus neglect those things that are more important, more vital, and more applicable to an individual. Why? Because they are grossly indulged in these type of situations, so these type of questions, these type of issues. And the sheikh, he brings more clarity on what he intends by that particular statement by bringing the statement of Imam Ibn Rajib uh, he brings the statement of Imam Ibn Rajib in his explanation of these ahadith that we're going through right now he in commenting on this topic, Imam Ibn Qayyim, he mentions, and I want everyone to pay very close attention to this, inshallah, so that we don't fall into the traps of the shaytan. So that we do not fall into the traps of shaytan as relates to the asking of questions. Naam. And we know what are the parameters and the guidelines as relates to asking questions. Uh, Imam Ibn Rajab, he mentions, he says, uh, Naam, he says, وقد انقسم الناس في هذا الباب أقساما. He said, and the people break up in this particular issue into different groups. The people they will divide in this issue and break up into different groups into different categories. فمن أتبع أهل الحديث and from the people of 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 the hadith, from those who follow the hadith, meaning those who are upon the way of the sunnah, you have a group. من سد باب المسائل those who close down the door of asking questions. Naam. They close down the door of asking questions. Hatta qalla Until their fiqh, their understanding, naam, becomes limited. Until their understanding becomes limited. Wa ilmu bi hududi ma anzalallahu ala rasulihi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Their understanding due to yani, them not asking questions it becomes limited and their knowledge of the guidelines and parameters of that which Allah Ta'ala has revealed upon his messenger it becomes low becomes limited why due to them not asking enough questions uh, and this is what this is an extreme of course those who they shut down asking questions period because they misunderstand this and their caution has taken them too far. Okay. Wasara hamil fiqhin And in this situation, you find this individual, those who don't ask the appropriate questions or the right questions out of fear of asking questions, this will prohibit them from actually having a deep understanding of the religion, even though they may carry fiqh. 
even though they may carry fiqh, because they didn't ask the appropriate questions to understand that fiqh in which they are carrying out of fear of falling into the excessive asking of questions, they will be lacking in their understanding and they will not be one who has deep understanding. So although they may carry fiqh, they won't be one who has profound understanding of that fiqh in which they are carrying. Naam. Uh, and the like. Naam. So this is one extreme that this is not good. It is not good to not ask questions, period. That's not good. Right? Uh, and this is an extreme that has to be avoided. The other extreme is what? What men, fuqaha, ahlul ra'i, and from the scholars or the fuqaha, from the jurists of the people of opinion, from the people of opinion, men, tawassa'a fi tawleed al masail qabla wuqu'iha are those who they go to the extreme in asking questions so much so that they will start to ask questions about things before they even happen meaning that these are those who spend their time indulge in theoretical and hypothetical fiqh they conjure up situations and they start to go into well if such and such and such and such and such and such were to happen then what will you do in that situation? If this, this, that, and that were to happen, what will you do in that situation? And they indulge in, in the likes of this theoretical, hypothetical fiqh. For example, give an example. There were, in the past, those who had the discussion, and they said, if the Kaaba, if the Kaaba flew away, if the Kaaba flew away, naam, and these are from the people of misguidance, yani, right? Because if memory serves me correctly, uh, the argument went, or the hypothetical situation went, if the Kaaba flew away to a, a wali from the awliya, if the Kaaba flew away to visit a saint from their saints, yani, the, the, the fiqh they were trying to get to, what direction will you pray in that instant? Will you pray to where the Kaaba is currently or would you pray in a direction of where the Kaaba used to be? Obviously, the likes of these questions is 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 uh, it makes no sense, Yanni. This this is just from a waste of time, Shaitan playing with people. Okay, but they will go to this extent in asking hypothetical situations. So I don't want anyone to think that they were asking about things that had the probability of happening and so on and so forth. Yani, sometimes they would, but they would go so, they were so lackadaisical in this regard that they will go into asking things that were improbable. They will go into asking things that were, yani, beyond uh, the comprehension or, or beyond the possibility of even happening. Okay? This is to the extent that they were busy themselves with the, this theoretical or hypothetical fiqh, hypothetical fiqh of things that didn't happen and it's far fetched that it would happen. Naam? And in some cases, impossible that it would that that that, that uh, uh, it can happen, like in this situation, the Kaaba flying to a wali, yeah, Subhanallah. The Kaaba flying to a wali, yeah, Subhanallah. How many of the Anbiya and the Rusul used to visit the Kaaba? Now, if there was ever such a thing that the Kaaba would move its location to somewhere else, that you you don't think it would have been to one of the Anbiya and the Rusul that used to visit the Kaaba and make Hajj? No, but it'll go to a wali. 
Yeah, subhanAllah. It makes no sense. Anakulli han. This how shaitan play with people. Anakullin. The Shaykh, he mentions, he said, those who they go to the extreme and asking questions before stuff even happen. Yani, ma yaqa' fil aada minha wa ma la yaqa' Some things that were probable, perhaps could happen, but have yet to happen. And some things that were improbable, that were impossible from happening, and they were still busy themselves with it. وَاشْتَغَلُوا بِتَكَلُّفِ الْجَوَابِ عَنْ ذَلِكِ And they would busy themselves. And they would put themselves to task and trying to figure out what would happen in these hypothetical and possible situations. نعم. وَكَثْرَةِ الْخُصُمَاتِ فِيهِ وَالْجِدَالِ عَلَيْهِ to the point that they used to argue amongst themselves. Naam. They used to argue amongst themselves. And they used to have these debates over the likes of these type of affairs, that which is far-fetched. Things that have not happened and things that were impossible of even happening. Or unlikely, extremely unlikely that they will happen. Naam. And in some of the in some of the places this became like entertainment. This became like entertainment. Where you will have individuals and they will have these type of debates and people will watch and it became like entertainment for them. Now, not benefiting, not learning anything that actually had an impact on their religion, not learning anything that they needed to know from the things in which they were involved in, but busying themselves with these hypothetical yeah, any type of situations, these things that uh, were impossible to ever happen anyway. Uh, then they would concern themselves with it and it became entertainment from people and this was from the ways of the shaitan this was from the uh, the ways of the shaitan he uh, tricked people and, and preoccupied them from uh, from that which would really benefit them Naam, from that which would really benefit them the shaykh he goes on and he says hatta تولد من ذلك افتراق القروب واستقر فيها بسبب الأهواء والشحناء والعداء والبغضاء they would involve themselves so much they would get so invested in this hypothetical fiqh of things in which were improbable that ever they can happen or impossible right they were busy themselves and get so invested in these things until it will cause separation between the hearts. It will cause separation between the hearts. And yani, this was as such due to their um, desires, the following of their vain desires. It will lead them to have enmity, hatred, animosity for one another, and so on and so forth. وَيَقْتَرِنُ ذَلِكَ كَثِيرًا and a lot of times you find that the individuals who used to engage in this, they were those who did so with the intention of just wanting to be the victor. Just wanting to out-debate his opponent. And to gain status because he has so many victories and he has yani, uh, defeated so many of individuals and opponents in arguments and to as to show off and as a, a point of pride and boasting boasting and also so that the people may look to them so that they may gain fame 
because they became known as so-and-so who has defeated an argument, this one and that one, and, you know, so on and so forth, right? How intellectually astute so-and-so is because look how he spoke about this type of situation. Look what he deduced and so on and so forth. All the while, busying themselves with things that are not going to happen. Now, very unlikely they can happen or impossible that they will happen and so on and so forth and they busy themselves talking uh, about these things and the like now the sheikh he says and this is from that which the ulama the rightly guided firmly grounded ulama in knowledge this is what they uh criticized what they censored what they blamed and deemed as blameworthy now and the sunnah has come pointing out and showing and illustrating its repugnantness and illustrating how it is prohibited to do the likes of these things. To ask questions in which one has no need for, to ask questions about hypothetical things that have yet to happen or could never happen. This is that which is repugnant, despicable, that which is haram. This is that which is haram. Okay, this is the other extreme asking questions, asking questions so much so that they ask questions about things that have yet to happen or could never happen. But as relates to the ulama of the people of hadith, those who act in, in accordance to the hadith and implement the hadith, for inna. And I want you to understand, I want you to pay close attention. The people of Hadith, what's the right way? What's the right way that we are to be? What are we are to busy ourselves in? Asking questions about things that didn't happen yet. Asking questions about things that are not applicable to us and to our situation that are not yeah, any, uh, yeah, relevant to our uh, situations, relevant to our condition. No. The ulama of Ahl Hadith, the people of Hadith, the people of the Sunnah, Naam. The most important thing for them and where they will put their greatest emphasis and that which was most important to them was researching the meanings of the book of Allah Azza wa Jal. وَمَا يُفَسِّرُهُ مِنَ السُنَّةِ الصَّحِيحَةِ And looking into seeing the tafsir of those ayat, the tafsir of Allah's book, from the authentic sunnah. نعم. وَكَلَامُ الصَّحَابَةِ وَالتَّابِعِينَ لَهُمْ بِإِحْسَانِ And looking at the speech of the sahaba and of those who follow them in good as related to the tafsir of the Quran as related to the, the sharh, the explanations of the ahadith of the Prophet وسلم, and as relates to knowledge in general. Naam, when they spoke about knowledge in general, whether that be in zuhud, yani, whether that be in the affairs of halal and haram, whether that be in, 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 in to the end of it, naam, in fiqh, to the end of it, to the sciences, the, 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 the qawai, the principles and the like, naam, then that was their concern, to look and see what have the Sahaba and, and those yani, who follow them in good from the Tabi'een and the ulama of this religion, what have they mentioned? Naam. And also, they spend their time what? And 
سنة الرسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم معرفة صحيحها وسقيمها knowing it's what's authentic from it from that which is unauthentic نعم ثم التفقه and then having deep understanding فيها having deep understanding in it وتفقههما والوقوف على معانيها having understanding of the kitab and the sunnah have and then stopping yani, at his meanings understanding its meanings and so on and so forth its proper meanings ثم معرفة كلام الصحابة والتابعين لهم بإحسان فأنواع العلوم من التفسير والحديث والمسائل الحلال والحرام وأصول السنة والزهد والرقائق وغير ذلك نعم and then knowing what is the speech of the sahaba the speech of the tabi'oon نعم the speech of the etbat tabi'in those who follow them in good in the various sciences whether it's the science of tafsir the science of hadith the, the issues of halal and haram the fundamental uh, principles of the sunnah zuhud and zuhud والرقائق and those things yani softening of the heart yani purification of the soul so on and so forth and uh, and and uh, and the likes of it naam and the the likes of it um naam the sheikh goes on and he says وال... أي نعم وهذا هو الطريق الإمام وهذا هو طريقة الإمام أحمد ومن وافقه من علماء الحديث ربانيين and this is this was the way of Imam Ahmad and of those Imams from the rightly guided firmly guided Imams uh, who followed him this was their way that they spent their time learning the religion its rules and regulations, the meanings of the kitab and the sunnah, the meanings of the statements of the sahaba and those who follow them in good, so on and so forth. Naam. Fi ma'nifati, ay na'am, fi ma'nifati hadha, shughlun shaghil. Anil tashawuli bima uhditha min al-ra'i. Mimma la yantafa'u bihi wa la yaqa'a. And this is what they will benefit themselves in doing. And they will not, and this is what they spent their time doing. This is what preoccupied them. And they did not, yani, busy themselves with those things that were invented, those hypothetical situations that were invented and in, in discussions about them of which had no benefit or things in which have yet to happen. They did not busy themselves with the likes of these things. But these things that verily those things, these hypothetical fiqh, hypothetical situations of which improbable that they can probably never never happen or impossible from happening. These things busying oneself inside of these things, it will only breed um, argumentation, great debate, uh, and the like. Naam. And it will increase, and he said, she said, Naam, because it will say, well, this, this one, you know, he intellectually had yeah, to do such and such well so and so had intellectually to do such and such all of which spend the time of things in which they're not going to happen they have yet to happen impossible from happening a total waste of time ma'am what can imam ahmed and imam ahmed rahimahullah ta'ala kathiran idha su'ila anil shay 
من المسائل المولدات التي لا تقع يقول دعونا من هذه المسائل المحدثة and when Imam Ahmed often when he was asked about the likes of these hypothetical situations of which they had yet to happen or impossible that they can ever happen he used to say leave us leave us alone as relates to these type of innovated uh, questions leave us alone as relates to the type of innovated questions now others from the ulama they used to tell the likes of these people yani when it when it happens ask when it happens come back and ask now but until then yeah I'm not going to waste our time with the likes of these things until the statement of, of uh, Imam Ibn Rajab where he said وَمَنْ سَلَكَ طَرِيقَةَ الطَّالِبَ الْعِلْمِ عَلَى مَا ذَكَرْنَا تَمَكَّنَ مِنْ فَهْمِ جَوَابِ الْحَوَادِثِ الْوَاقِعَةِ غَالِبًا and those who have taken the those students of knowledge who have taken the path in which we had just outlined that they busy themselves in learning the the meanings of the Quran, the meanings of the Sunnah, the statements of the Sahaba as relates to the Quran and the Sunnah, and of those who follow the good from the from the Imams of the past, yani from the Imams of the Salaf, so on and so forth, um, and who busy learning the principles of the religion and so on and so forth. The Shaykh he mentions that you'll find that uh, the vast majority of the time, nine times out of ten, right, that the student of knowledge who takes the proper way, they're able to properly understand and have answers for things that newly come about when they happen. Now, they have the ability to deduce and to understand and to bring an answer for those things that have newly come about. And this is the reality. The ulama, now, and it runs the gamut. The ulama, they are from them when these new things come about. Those who have the ability to deduce and to extract the meaning from uh, yeah, I need to, to extract an answer, excuse me, from the book in the Sunnah based upon the principles of the Deen of Al Islam, they're able to bring an answer. Naam. So, yeah, I need, uh, trying to uh, get ahead of the game and answer questions before they are even asked or before, before there even comes an issue and something worth asking, it, it is not from the way of the people of the Sunnah. But as things arise due to the knowledge of the religion that the ulama they have, they're able to deduce and to bring an answer. Naam, they're able to deduce and to bring an answer as things are as things are needed. Why? Because the foundations of the religion, naam, the, the rules and the principles of the religion, naam, you will find that the answer, you will find it inside of those fundamental principles, those principles of the religion that Yani, that they point to, that the book in the Sunnah it points to. You're you're going to find the answers. What I would in yakuna suruk have the tariq. Yani, ainam. What I would in yakuna. Yani suruk have the tariq. Yani khalfa imma ahl al 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 mujma' ala hidayatihim wa dirayatihim kashafi wa ahmed wa ishaq wa ubaid. He said, and the people who, it, it is a must that we follow this path and we take this way, the way of those scholars, of those scholars who it is agreed upon, the people they know, and they gathered upon knowing or acknowledging the guidance of these scholars, 
and the deep understanding and fiqh and, 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 and proper application of these scholars, the likes of Imam al Shafi'i and Imam Ahmed, wa Imam yani Ishaq, wa Imam Abu Ubaidah, naam, wa ghayrihim, and other than them, like Imam Ahmed, like Imam Malik, naam, and other than them. Uh, and those who are upon their way and those who are upon their way this is what we are to busy ourselves with and the like but as far as these individuals from the people of rhetoric from the individuals of the people given to opinions who excessively ask questions about things that have yet to happen or impossible of happening then we stay away from the likes of these things because in that is a complete waste of time is a complete waste of time and energy and our resources are limited, so we need not uh, utilize them in the likes of these uh, uh, ways. The Sheikh goes on and he says, Imam Ibn Rajab, he goes on to say, That whoever claims to be upon their way, but they tread upon a way that is contrary to what they were in, upon. In fact, yani those who are not upon the way of the Salaf, in fact, not upon the way of the Imams of guidance. In reality, they make a claim, but their reality does not match that claim. They're not really upon that way. And these are those who, are, who in reality, they have fallen into destruction. They have fallen into uh, ruin and to a great danger. Now I'm a great danger and ruin and destruction. And they subsequently will take that which they is not permissible for them to take. And they will abandon that which they're supposed to be doing. And they will abandon that which is wajib that they actually do. And that which will be the guiding and motivating factor as relates to escaping the likes of these things, then that will be by intending the face of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to draw near unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And how does one draw near unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Be what? And that is by Him. Yani striving to learn and have knowledge on that which he revealed to his prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Naam, that's very important. How we escape the traps of these individuals who like to dwell and indulge in the likes of this hypothetical fiqh. Indulge in asking about things that are not relevant. Indulge in speaking about things that are of no benefit. Leaving off that which would actually benefit them and the like how do we escape that by seeking to draw near unto allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not busying people unnecessarily with that which does not benefit them but by seeking to draw near unto allah subhanahu wa ta'ala seeking allah ta'ala's face by learning and knowing that which he has revealed upon his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa suluq tariqihi wa amanu bithalika and by being upon that way and by acting in accordance to it what do I khalq ilay and by calling the people to it and whoever is like this then Allah this is the one who Allah has given 
tawfiq to. This is the one who Allah has given success to. And this is the one who Allah Ta'ala has guided. And the one who Allah Ta'ala has given to him, that individual's yani, guidance. That, yani Allah has guided that person. And who have taught him that which he did not know. Who have taught her that which she did not know. And they will be from the ulama, those who are praised yani, inside of Allah Ta'ala's book, inside of his statement, inside of the verily those who fear Allah from his slaves, and they are the, the ulama. Uh, and they will be from those who are the or those who are firmly grounded in knowledge. They will be from those who are firmly grounded in knowledge. Now, until uh, Imam Ibn Rajab he said, وانتهى عما نهى عنه وكان مشتغلا بذلك عن غيره حصل له النجاء في الدنيا والآخرة and whoever he implements that in which the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he uh, commanded us to do inside of this hadith and he stays away from that which he is prohibited from doing نعم, he stays away from that which he has been prohibited from doing in order to stay away from and an individual who busies himself with that learning and yani, the likes of that and implementing and the like, then this is the one who will be successful in this world and in the hereafter. This is the one who will be successful in this world and in the hereafter. And whoever goes against that, and they busy themselves with those things that are haram and very dangerous, the dangerous things. And that which they believe is correct and they think is correct and they do what they want to do, how they want to do it, with no regard for the book and the sunnah, but how they want to do it. I want you to look, I want you to think about this. I want you to look at what Imam Ibn Rajabi is mentioning here because you find. That this attitude of doing what you want, how you want, when you want, you know, because as they say, I have the freedom for this and the freedom for that. And I should be able to do this and I should be able to think like this and I should be able to hold such and such opinion and so on and so forth. This hurriya, this quote unquote freedom, freedom of opinion and so on and so forth. When one listens to this, he realizes that what this whole concept is from the ways of shaitan. Because what is for real is that what? Is that as the believer, our our lives, naam, our lives, they are governed by what Allah has revealed. Naam. So our opinions are in line with Allah's revelation. Our actions are in line with Allah's revelation. What we deem as good and bad is in accordance to Allah's revelation. Naam. What we deem acceptable, what unacceptable, is in accordance to Allah's revelation. Naam. How we move, how we do, how we think, our opinion, our worldview, is all shaped and molded by and guided by 
Allah's revelation. Naam? Not by what we think, not by what we come up with, not by our opinion, not by our, 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 nah. This whole idea of hurriya, hurriya to ra'i, freedom of opinion, this is from the ways of shaitan. The West come and they say this is um, what it means to be progressive, you know? Have your own thoughts, so on and so forth. Now we have our own thoughts, but our thoughts are guided by what Allah revealed, by the Quran, by the Sunnah, by the way, the Salaf. Now, what is good is what Allah says is good in the revelation. What the Prophet ﷺ, he said it was good in the Sunnah, the other revelation. Now, because the Kitab and the Sunnah, they both wahi. Wait, was good? Is what is good inside a book in the Sunnah. Was acceptable is what is, is, is acceptable inside of the book in the Sunnah. What's unacceptable and what's bad is what's called and deemed and named unacceptable and bad in the book in the Sunnah. What is right is in a, is, is what's in the book in the Sunnah. What is wrong is what is contrary to that. Period. Rodhya man rodhya. Kariha man kariha. Like it who like it. Hate it who hate it. Naam. We, we don't we don't, we don't care adequately but so listen to this now the one who they busy themselves with dangerous things and they do what they want to do what they feel is good those who they fall into that which the prophet i said that he has prohibited then uh, from falling to that was the Prophet he has prohibited from the uh, state of the people of the book those who used to excessively question and differ and contradict their prophets uh, those who did not comply and they did not obey their messengers this was the way of what the people of the book, those who were destroyed, Naam, those na that pre those previous nations who were destroyed. Why were they destroyed? Because of their excessive questioning, excessive questioning of their prophets, Naam, and contradicting their prophets, not being in compliance, compliance to that which their prophets brought, not obeying their prophets. Naam, and that which their prophets commanded them to do from the revelation, that which Allah Ta'ala had commanded. Naam, due to that, they were destroyed because they busied themselves with that which was of no benefit. And then they contradicted their prophets and they did not comply to that which they were commanded to do. So that resulted in their destruction. And like processes lend to like results. Naam. So if we do the same thing, then we can expect the same result. If that is a road that leads to destruction, then us embarking upon that will lead to our destruction. So an individual who decides, listen, I know it says in the book in the Sunnah X, Y, Z, but I feel, I think, and this now 2020, I want to. So therefore, I'm going to act contrary. Because I have the freedom, I should be able to. You could flatter yourself all day long, make it sound as good as you want to make it sound, paint the picture, whatever you want to paint it, so on and so forth. The reality of it is, is that you're only 
tagging a road of destruction. You're only spray painting and beautifying a road of destruction. You're only throwing paint on a road of destruction. That's it. It's not going to change the fact that no matter how much you try to beautify it with your speech, what you're doing is the way of destruction. And that will not change. That will not change. And if you embark upon that way, then now you're subjecting yourself to being destroyed. So as a believer, we have to busy ourselves with those things that benefit us. We have to ask those questions that benefit us. Now, the questions that we need to ask so we have understanding of our religion so that we could implement properly what we are what we are yani, involved in and doing as far as implementing and performing of our religion and so on and so forth. We ask those questions. We ask the questions that we need to ask so that we can benefit so that we can benefit and implement yani, what needs to be implemented so that we could fulfill the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we ask those questions we ask those questions that will bring about a benefit and we stay away from those questions that may cause confusion we stay away from those questions that are of things that have yet to happen those questions that are things that are impossible of taking place we don't busy ourselves with the likes of those questions and likewise we don't busy ourselves with the likes of questions or the likes of issues and of matters that may deter a people from a good that they are already upon. As Sheikh Suleiman al-Ruhayli, he mentioned uh, and he gave some examples. He gave some examples. And from those examples in which he gave about busying people with things in which it makes no sense to busy them with. Why? Because they are already upon good. He brought an example. He said the issue of the niqab. We know this 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 issue is the issue of ikhtilaf amongst the ulama. Naam. You have from the ulama those who say it is wajib. And then you have from the ulama those who say that it is mustahab. Naam. That it is mustahab. Others from the ulama they say, Naam, this mustahab wajib fi zaman fitna. Naam. That it is يعني, uh, recommended. But wajib when it's time of the fitna. And to the end of it, yani from the statements of the ulama. Ala kulli hal. The shaykh, he brought an example. He said, you don't busy people with stuff that will bring them away from a good that they are already do, uh, doing. Even though what you are telling them is, a, is correct opinion. Meaning, it is a valid opinion from the opinions of the people of the sunnah. And he brought that example. He said like the niqab. If you find people upon niqab and the women are wearing niqab. Naam, and those women believe that niqab is wajib. The Shaykh, he says, then you leave them like that. You leave them upon on that understanding. You don't go to them and busy them and try to confuse them by saying, well, you know, there's some ulama that say that it's mustahab. And some ulama who say it's mustahab, they bring this proof and this evidence. And, they, and, you, and you start to go over the issue with people. Now, you are busying them. Okay? Busying them in an issue that they didn't need to be busied in. Why? Because they're already upon good. Because everyone agrees. Those who say it's wajib, is wajib. Those who say it's better, agree that it's better. So even if they're doing it and you believe it's better, if they're already doing that which is better, why are you going to try to deter them and get them from doing, uh, yani stop them from doing that which you yourself acknowledge is better? Makes no sense. This is from the way of shaitan. There are not other better things you could busy them with. They're already upon good. So now, Talk about something else. B benefit them with something else. Build upon something else. Don't try to tear down a good that they're already doing. You understand? And, and like and, and likewise, and he brought some more examples of, of, of issues of ikhtilaf amongst the ulama. 
Now, but if people upon something that's good, then you don't come to them and say, well, you know, some of the early man, they say, you don't got to do this. Some of the early man, they say, oh, that, 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 that's, you know, you, you think it's haram. But some early man say it's halal. Why are you going to confuse people? They're already upon that, which is good. Everybody agrees. If they, if, if they stay away from it, it's better for them. There's, there's no, there's no upside in them potentially doing it. It's safe for them to stay away from it. So why you want to come now and try to confuse people and busy them with the likes of these things? It makes no sense. And thus, I warn you, I warn you to beware of those callers who tried to come from under the guise of full disclosure. Now, full disclosure. They tried to come under the guise of full disclosure. Well, I just want to give you the whole picture. I want to give you the whole picture. And then you're calling people away from that, yani, that they're already upon good, and now you're confusing them. And these individuals, they do this a lot of times by bringing up, uh, what would you say, exceptions to the rule. They bring up exceptions to the rule, and then they speak about it as if that is the given. They speak about it as if that is the default, when in reality, that's the exception. I'll give you an example, like the issue of voting. Like the issue of voting. Now, voting is from democracy. Democracy, as the early man they explained, is what? Is haram. Is kufr. Now, democracy is kufr. As, as Imam Muqbil, rahimullah ta'ala, used to say. It's kufr. This, or, this originated from the ancient Greeks. That was adopted later by the Romans. That the West adopted later. The point is, by the ancient Greeks, this means that democracy was in existence during the time of the Prophet. Did he teach us to do that? No, he did not. Did he teach us the rule of the people by the people? No, he did not. But rather, we rule by what Allah has revealed. We rule by what Allah has revealed. And one of the hallmarks of democracy is voting. Because what? It's the rule of the people by the people. Now, so everything is thrown up for yani, uh, 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 for question. So is, is khamar halal and haram? That can make it to the ballot in a democratic system. Okay? As far as the Muslims, khamar, halal, haram, that's not a question. It's haram. Allah Ta'ala says haram. It's always haram. Same-sex marriage. Is that okay? Not okay? What are you talking about? Allah Ta'ala says it's haram. So no, it's not okay. It's not even up for debate. When we put it on a ballot, these we don't we don't care about your ballot. Democracy is kufr. Individuals who understand democracy, kufr. Voting is not permissible. Right? Voting is not permissible. Now I'm not even going to get into the politics. I'm not even going to get into the politics of, yeah, any, um, you know, how this system works and, and so on and so forth and how, yeah, any, it's an, and I'm not even going to mention all that. The point is, is that what? The general rule and the rule of it is that is not permissible. We don't vote. We don't get involved in the vote. However, there is an exception. There is an exception to this rule. That is, if it has reached the point of Barura, the point where, for an example, you have two candidates. One candidate says that I am pro 
Islam and yani, pro-Muslims. Okay? Muslim-friendly candidate. You have another candidate, his, 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 his opponent, who's the opposite, says, no, I'm against that. If I win, I'm going to take away their freedom of religion. They're not going to be able to practice. They're going to, you know, we're going to put whatever upon them and the like. We're going to persecute them and put these laws in and ostracize them and so on and so forth. All right? So in a situation like this, then we have to go to Akhaf Bararain. We have to go to the less of the two evils. So if that, if that means putting the vote behind the one who is friendly to Islam, then in that situation, we can do that. Right? Why? Because it's a necessity. Like we spoke about in the last class. If a person is about to die, then he can eat from the carcass of a dead animal, from some roadkill. He can eat it. If, if, if that's what, yani, in order not to die, then he can eat from it what is, what is needed for him to stay alive. A person is choking on something, and there's nothing in, in his grass, he needs to drink something. There's nothing in his grass except khamar. Then he can take some sips of that to get to dislodge uh, that thing from his throat so that he doesn't die, doesn't choke to death. So in the case of what? In the case of uh, uh, necessity, then we can do some things that are ordinarily haram. Why? Out of necessity. So now the point comes now. We, if we understand necessity, when has there ever been that case here in America? Right? In modern times, okay, when has there been that case here in America where we have someone who's against Islam, and then there's somebody who's running who's for Islam, and I'm not talking about just propaganda, but I'm talking about that actually has the authority to really impact the lives of the Muslims. Now, now if you look back to the previous president, he was seen as being friendly to Islam. The current president is seen as being anti-Islamic, right? But I ask you this. The reality of the situation is, is that what has really changed in the lives of the Muslims, I'm not talking about some bans and now, you know, these people can't travel in as freely and so on and so forth. Now, nah, that's some annoyance. But I'm saying on a day-to-day -day for the Muslims living here in America, has your life really gotten that much worse under this president? And was it really that much better under that old president? Whether you black, white, or whatever. But if you black, if you black, let's add to that. Under the old president, were the police killing unarmed black men? Yeah, they were. A lot, huh? Under the, under the current president, are they killing unarmed black men? Yeah, they are. What has changed? Whether it's a Democrat or a Republican, what's the change? What's the difference? What's the upside? So with that being the case, what is your vote really going to do anyway? Because at the, at the end of it, the system is what it is. The system is what it is. And the way that they developed it, no one person can have a game-changing effect upon the whole of the system. Do you, you understand that? No one person can have a game change effect on the system. If that president, so quote unquote, is a Muslim president, and he, he says, I'm going to run for president, I'm Muslim now. Okay, once he becomes president, that's it. America becomes a Muslim uh, a country. He's going to swap out the constitution and, and implement the the uh, the uh, Sharia. Does, does the president have that power? He does not. So now what's the upside? What's the downside? Alhamdulillah, 
We have not reached that point that we are forced, that we are forced to go out to the polls because someone is really going to affect our lives negatively day to day. As far as the inconveniences, the inconveniences have existed on the Democrats and Republicans. As far as the oppression and the and the and the and the and the, and the uh, 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 killing of black people and the subjugation and marginalization and ex exploitation of the African Americans and, and other minority groups and the black and brown people here in this in this in this in this, in this nation, it doesn't matter if Democrat or Republican is the same. The Native Americans, whether Democrat or Republican, you think it, it is any difference for them? Is any difference for the black and brown people? There's no difference. In reality, it is no difference for the white people either. Because it is what it is. So Muslim, Catholic, America is America. So what benefit, I'm saying all this say is this. What benefit is it now to go to the Muslims and to busy them with, oh, but you know, under certain circumstances, you're allowed to vote. Have we met those circumstances here in America? Have we reached that level here in America? We have not. So why are you talking about something that hasn't yet to happen? This, is, this ain't other countries. What has happened over there has not has yet to happen here. So when this now, this election year, what are you talking about that for? This is not our situation. It's not our condition. Why are you busying us with stuff that's a waste of our time? Involving us in stuff that we shouldn't even be doing right now because the situation has not reached that level. Oh, just from the standpoint of full disclosure? Huh? Or is it more like from the standpoint that you want to confuse people? Because you don't bring the whole story. You speak about the exception as if it is the rule. And you speak about those who talk about the rule as if they don't have understanding. No, that's the rule. I'm not going to go to you and, 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 and spend all of your time by telling you all the, you know, but you know you can eat pork sometimes, right? And you know, sometimes you can eat pork though. You know that, right? Sometimes you can drink alcohol. You know that, right? That don't even sound right. Sounds ridiculous. The origin is haram. Pork is haram. Alcohol is haram. When it comes to necessity, nah, it's mentioned we keep it moving. But to make it, to make the exception seem as if that, that is the rule. Oh, but sometimes you can eat pork. What? Does that make sense to you? No way. Same difference when they come and say, but you know you can vote though sometimes, right? What are you telling us that for now? We ain't reached that level. It's not diet like that. Alhamdulillah. We can still pray. Whether it's Republican or Democrat, we still pray. We still have Jumu'ah. We still fast on Ramadan. We can still walk in the street covered. Women can still wear hijab. So what are you talking about? Vote for what? I digress. Be careful. Be careful who you listen to online. Be careful just clicking through YouTube. Be careful just clicking through Facebook. Be careful just flipping through Instagram. Be careful who you're listening to and taking your knowledge from. And beware of these of these um beware of these poses and these pretenders. Those who claim to have deep understanding when in reality they are nothing but agents of confusion i don't care what degree they got they can have five ten doctor degrees on top of a doctor degree on top of a phd it doesn't matter the dean is the dean if you say something that's contradicted to it you're not right 
That's the reality. The Shaykh, he ends, as usual, when going over some points of benefit that we gained from the Hadith. That which we benefit from the Hadith. He mentioned six things. Inshallah ta'ala, we mentioned them briefly. I know I've, I've uh, uh, you know, I, I went, you know, off topic a little bit, so I don't want to uh, busy you more. So quickly we'll mention. The Shaykh, he says, the first point of benefit that we learned from this Hadith is the obligation, yani wujub kulli, is the obligation of staying away from everything that Allah and His Messenger have made haram. And that we, the obligation of fulfilling and doing and, and implementing everything in which Allah and His Messenger have made wajib, have made obligatory. And a warning from falling into that which the people of the book they have fallen into previously. Of which was a cause, a root cause of their destruction. Ma'am, that we stay away from that. And that it is not upon a person to do more than they are capable of doing. It is not upon a person to do more than they are capable of doing. And the one who is incapable of doing some aspects of that which they are obliged to do. Then it is sufficient for them to do from it that which they are capable of doing. Whoever is incapable of fulfilling certain aspects of an obligatory action and ordeal, then they are to do that in which they are able to do and that which is in their ability. Of course, in those affairs and in those issues that uh, are such. In those affairs and those issues that are such and that allow for the likes of that. And then lastly, Al-Iqtisar fil Masail is to be moderate in asking questions that we ask questions and according to that which we need that which is necessary for us to know and to understand and we leave off tasking ourselves and overburdening ourselves uh, and asking questions so much so that we ask about that which hasn't even happened yet or that which is impossible that it will happen, that we don't overtask or burden ourselves with dwelling into hypothetical matters. But we ask about those things that impact us, ma'am, or will be a benefit for those who are in an earshot of the answer. Ma'am, so we can ask a question that maybe we don't need it, ma'am. However, those in attendance will benefit from the answer. So, we'll ask the question so that others may benefit. Naam, something like that. That's fine. That's fine. Naam, and so on and so forth. And then the Shaykh, Hafizahullah um, Ta'ala, he goes on to the next hadith, the 10th hadith. But, inshallah Ta'ala, 
we will save that until the next class فنكتفي بهذا القدر وصلى الله وسلم على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أسأل الله تعالى أن يوفقني وإياكم لما يحبه ويرضاه وأن يجعلنا مباركا حيثما كنا وأن يجعلنا من من إذا أعطي شكر وضبط لي صبر وإذا أثنب استغفر فإن هؤلاء ثلاث عنوان السعادة ربنا زلنا علما إلا اللقاء استودعكم الله والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته